Hello everyone, this is Sarisha and I host the Women Career and Life podcast. Just like you, I've traversed varied paths, stumbled a little, picked myself up and learned a great deal on my journey. Many of us face similar questions, but we don't always get to have a conversation with our friends or peers. In this podcast, you will hear real stories that you can connect with on the challenges of navigating career and life. You must be wondering who I am. In my everyday life, I'm a career woman, a mom, and an avid reader. I'm also a road tripper, amateur gardener, and even a fashionista on some days. Join me and my guests as we have an open and honest discussion on career change, trade-offs, and working across boundaries. You get the idea. It's a perspective you simply may not hear anywhere else. Hello, everyone. This is Sarisha, and we are kicking off a new season called Let's Talk About Money. I have a brother and sister, Shravana Kancharla and Sai Kancharla, joining us today. It's very exciting because I've seen them both when they came first time to the U.S. and seen them grow into young adults in different phases of their life. I'm looking forward to today's conversations as we talk about money and just finding out about their journeys. Let's get started. So, Shravana, why don't you start with telling me where you're both originally from, where did you go to school, how did you come here, what made you come to the U.S., and just what you're doing currently. I grew up in Hyderabad, India, a very long time ago. I went to school in Fiji. That was third grade until I finished high school. And then I got my bachelor's from um, a university in Hyderabad, India. And then I decided to move to the U.S. for grad school. This was for hardware And I just chose the U.S. because my brother was here. And that was the easiest place to pick. And he was in Dallas, so I moved to Dallas. And I graduated grad school about 2016. I've been working in like the hardware industry since. So it's been about a good six years working now. It's good to have family when you come to a new place and you live still in Texas. It definitely helps to have a uh, family. I don't know how I'd have survived. If I didn't have family, I would have figured things out, but it definitely made things easier. And yes, I'm still in Texas. We both went to school in Dallas, but now we both live in Austin. So we're still in Texas. Yeah. Sai, how about you? The early schooling days is similar to Shravana. The only difference is right after high school, I came to the United States. So I came straight to Dallas, Texas. I was one month shy from turning 18 when I came here. I did two years in community college and then I did my bachelor's at UTD. They had a transfer program going on. So I did my bachelor's in electrical and then I worked for a few years as a database developer. And then after working, I did my master's in Georgia in computer science. And right after that, I moved here in Austin in 2018. Uh, now I work in the semiconductor industry. I do technical documentation. Before 18, huh? leaving home and coming far away, that yeah. is challenging. So how was that experience? I, it was good because when we came here, we came straight to a family friend's place. She picked us up from the airport. She helped us get our first apartment, the campus apartments. But she helped us move in, go to Ikea, Walmart. So she gave us an introduction to things, to places. If it wasn't for her to discover stuff, things by herself. Because I came here with a friend, a close friend from high school. So it was good to have a companion, but I think with somebody to show us the ropes, we'd probably be lost at 18 because our parents did most of everything for us. They helped us navigate a bit of school classes and we'd go spend all our holidays at their place. 
could have been difficult, but it was an easy transition just because we had family friends help us through it. That's when we first met. So what did you have to learn? Like you said, your parents took care of anything. So since we are talking about finances and money today, uh-huh. what did you know before? What knowledge did you gain as a kid at home uh, growing up about money or bank accounts or stuff? And what did your parents tell you as they sent you off on a plane and said, here, watch for this, do this? Or was there any advice like that? They did. They sat me and our friend together. We were family friends. Uh, we did have to talk about money. It was mostly budgeting, making a budget for yourself. What do you spend on? What not to spend on? What's luxuries and what's necessities? So they gave us the talk. We had help getting a bank account. Uh, our family friend had to sign on as a guardian. So that was the first bank account. This only lasted for six months, but we did send our parents an Excel sheet with our, what we spent. It wasn't too hard because we were living on campus. The, the rent was deducted, which was, I believe, $400 a month. Both of us had a budget of $250 for Walmart and things. We didn't have a car. We didn't have any additional expenses. We were cooking at home. When we got here, that slowly increased as we made friends and we started going out to eat. But we didn't know much we learned on the way. But budgeting was the one thing our parents put into our head that you need to know how much you're getting. And that we had to tell them what we were spending on because when it runs low, you have to ask them to send more. Yeah, yeah. We were pretty good at budgeting the first few years. Two things that I thought were interesting. So you had to send a state, an Excel tracking sheet for six right. months. What did you find to be the most interesting part of doing that exercise? We, we used to keep receipts. It was not too hard and we didn't think much about it. It changed like after six months, it became tedious tracking everything because now we, we got used to the place. Now our expenses was eating outside, shopping, things like clothes, shoes. Not that our parents minded, but at that point, it was more like a just a, an estimate of what we spent rather than a tracking sheet. How did the cooking go the first time? Did you cook back home or did you learn on... <laughs> no, we learned here. It was an experiment. We started out with a lot of frozen food, patties, buns, frozen vegetables. It was much easier. Everything was cut. So yeah, we learned how to cook here as well. What about you? What was your first experience when you came here? My first real meddling with finances was when I got my first job after I graduated uh, from my bachelor's. So I remember setting up my bank account because they're like, oh, we need a routing account before your first day of work. I don't know anything about this. I took my dad with me and we went to the bank that he uses and we just opened an account. I was getting paid, but I wasn't doing anything with it because I was staying home. I didn't have any bills. My spending money, my parents would give me. So I really wasn't doing anything with my finances, even when I got my first job. So my first real foray into actually doing my own finances and looking at my own numbers was when I came to grad school. That was interesting because I realized that I spent a lot more than I thought or just the basics of every day, living like rent, phone bills and internet and things like that add up a lot. So I did have to learn by myself to deal with that. Even things like credit card bills, like paying it on time, which was just things that we'd never learned. And like you said, it's interesting that they don't teach you in school because everyone eventually has to do it, but you have to just learn by yourself. And at least that's what happened to me. I was just learning to do it by myself. When I came here for graduate school, same thing. I got a stipend. I ate out a lot. I didn't do a whole lot of cooking, which yeah. didn't help finance probably. But I had rent and it wasn't too much. And realizing one day when I went to the bank statement that it was running pretty low. And I'm like, what happened? And then when you go back and look, oh my gosh, what was I spending it on? And it's not like I had very many expenses. It probably was food and maybe some little stuff and things, but it does deplete pretty quickly. 
but eating out adds up. And then when you get your first credit card that you have to pay your statement on time. And I think that is one of the hardest. You get a credit card and there's the want and the need and how to spend it. But now you have online payment. That time it was paper bills and stamps. You had to write the check, put it in the mail. Have you ever written a check? I have after I came here. I remember having to order a check book. It was for the house, a down payment. You need a checkbook. And I didn't have a checkbook. And I ordered a checkbook, but I ordered the wrong kind of checkbook. So I had to order another one because it was so new to me. So I think I was 29, 28 when I ordered my first checkbook. You're saying because you bought a house and we'll come to that part of the conversation, but... You got a credit card, I'm assuming, through college or university. I got my credit card, I think, the day after I landed. It was actually my brother who took me to the bank, and I got my debit and my credit card the same day. I think it was Sai who actually told me the the ropes of how to like pay your bill. I still think I paid my first statement late, but I learned my lesson. When we got our bank account, we were insistent on getting a credit card just because me and my friends, we got our credit cards very late. When I say late, we started building our credit five years after we moved to America. We were running on debit cards before that. And then as we grew old, we realized, okay, we need credit. Because when we first got our phone, somebody else co-signed, so we didn't need a credit report. But as we started moving from on-campus to off-campus housing, they started asking for credit reports. And we didn't have any of this. I came here in 2008. I applied for my first credit card in 2013. Uh, So she came here in 2014. We were like, the first thing you need to do is get a credit card and start building credit score. It it didn't hurt me too much just because I hadn't started working. I didn't really have any income coming in. But I think most people don't know when they get here that credit scores are important. Maintaining them and getting a credit card. So it was more about building the credit history. I'm glad you brought that up, Sides. It's not something we realize. From a credit history standpoint, do you monitor your credit scores? Do you track it? So for me, I have Credit Karma, but now I I also have Capital One and uh, Bank of America accounts. So they also provide me a monthly credit history report. For the longest time, I've always had good credit history, but it's become more important for me to build it the last one, one and a half year, just because I'm trying to buy a home myself and I'd like it to be as high as possible. And I apply for a home loan. Same. Every time I pay my credit card bill, I, I go check my credit history, my credit score, because the app just allows you to do it on the spot. It's something that I've been monitoring pretty closely since I've gotten a credit card. That's really good. And congratulations. You just bought your first house. So how was that process? What made you buy the house? What were you thinking? When were you ready for that? Thank you. Sai and I had been staying in an apartment together for a few years. And then it was also COVID. So we pulled up in one apartment for a while. The biggest factor was just, we were thinking of getting a property at some point. I think we were just saying that we wanted to get one, but we didn't really like have a timeline. Then during COVID, the property prices in Austin were climbing up pretty crazy. The talk was that the the prices were just gonna go high and stay there or just skyrocket even more. So we thought that was just a good time to try and get in now and beat the market in a way. So it took us quite a while to find a house. And in Feb, we found one. There was nothing to look at. We went to our model house and we decided the same day when we paid, not really a down payment, but like a assurance that we were going to go through with the house. Exciting. So how was the house building, house buying process itself? The finding a house process was stressful just because of how the market was going in terms of like pricing and area. But once we found a house and we decided on it, 
the building of the house is actually pretty it was actually easier than we thought. The builders just did a good job of communicating. So they actually met the deadlines on time, even with the, you know, pandemic going. We actually got our house like a week or two earlier than what they had promised. So after pay, it was an easy process and it was fun. I've seen pictures. It's a gorgeous house. So let's walk through the house buying process. Did you buy the house together? No, we didn't. I was the one who bought the house. There was one particular reason you chose to buy it separately. Can you just go into that? So initially, we did want to buy it together just because it, we thought it made more sense. But then again, when we were finding out more of the process of buying a house and interest rates and things like that, one of the things we found out was first-time home buyers get an incentive. And the incentive is that they can get to pick a lower down payment just because they're first-time homeowners. If both of us signed on, the house. And since we were both first-time home buyers, both of us would have lost that privilege. So it just made sense for one of us to buy the house. So I bought the house and then if Sai ever decides to buy a house by himself, he still can get that privilege. First-time home buyers can pay le less than 20% down payment of the house. So that was pretty much the main decision. I was planning to buy a house too, pretty close to Shravana's timeline. And down payment was a reason you can pay under 20%. Uh, but the second thing that's happening is a lot of uh, these uh, builders, they don't want investors to come in and buy homes. So if I already own a home and I'm trying to buy a second home, I'm classified as an investor. A lot of new constructions don't want investors. They want resident owners, people who will stay in that home for at least uh, 12 months. You guys learned a lot through this whole process. Oh, yeah. They'd ask us questions, but we were not ready to buy a home. It's something we learned. We had a realtor walk us through the process, so that really helped. The phases of the building, the inspections, her having contacts, who she's used to come and do inspections and any fixes. Yeah, it was great that we had a realtor walk us through it. Too. We did our reading on the side, but just having a realtor helped at that point. A lot of learning. On the job completely. Yeah. Yeah. As we wrap up this first part of the interview with Sravana and Sai Kancharla on Let's Talk About Money, the key takeaways, the food for thought for this episode is spend less than you earn, budget so you save some money for either an opportunity that comes your way or for an emergency. Get a credit card because it's very important to start building a credit history. When you get a credit card, make sure you pay it on time and at full. Keep track of your credit history and credit score because those are critical points when you're trying to get a loan or a mortgage on any investment in the future. And if you're looking at buying a house, a realtor might enable that process. And if you're a first-time home buyer, look into the incentives that are available to you. All the best as you set off on your financial journey. Tune in to listen to part two of this interview as we talk about career development, retirement, investment, and other key topics. Happy listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Tune in every other Wednesday to catch the next episode. If you think a friend may benefit from this, please share this podcast with them. All the resources we talked about are also available on my website, womencareerandlife.com. Please like, subscribe, and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. I would love to hear from you about your stories and your journey. You can reach me on my blog, Twitter, Instagram, or Gmail at Women, Career, and Life. Until next time, this is Sarisha signing off. Remember, there are infinite possibilities to drive change in career and life. Which will you choose to make a reality today?